politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here for Tuesday, June 15th. And we are ready to fight anew for liberty. June 15th, by the way, was the date that King John placed his seal on the Magna Carta. That charter for liberty that really served as the impetus eventually for the American Revolution. It's also the date in 1775 that George Washington was appointed commander of the Continental Army. We need a new army of liberty. Where is that going to come from? Folks, we have a lot of news today that I'm going to push off because I want to deviate a little bit to something new, but not so new. And that is to discuss the insane anti-Semitism that is embedded in Islam that we have imported in large numbers to this country along with all of the other problems in Sharia, Islam, anti-republicanism, anti-freedom, and interestingly enough, all these Islamic groups seem to be into the social justice. In other words, this Ilhan Omer business that you see is not unique to her. It's emblematic of what is spreading like a cancer throughout this country. And you know I'm not one to shy away from these type of topics, and I never have been. This is a PC-free zone, a free speech zone, And we're going to have a special guest on today that's very familiar to you, but not so much on this topic in a couple of minutes to delve into this. But again, we've been seeing this. PBS even published an article a couple of weeks ago about anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic attacks spread like wildfire in the U.S. during Gaza conflict. I I mentioned before that when I was a kid, I I saw this um, in Europe. And then even, you know, fairly recently, the first intifada, whenever something flared up in Israel, Jews were under attack in Europe. You had these massive tens of thousands of people rallying in Europe as if it were the Middle East because it became the Middle East. And I always said, man, am I glad we're sheltered from this in America. But then, of course, we did something brilliant by letting in massive numbers of Islamic immigrants this past generation, particularly after 9-11. And here we are. We have attacks on Jews just like in Europe. So we're going to delve into that today. And what better time like today when we have endless Middle Eastern terrorists we bring in, endless illegal aliens, endless domestic criminals. This is the time to arm yourselves and make sure you guys are ready to defend yourself. And that includes getting yourself the best American-made holster for my friends at We the People Holsters, starting at just 40 bucks. We the People Holsters, longtime partner with this program. They custom mold every uh, holster to fit your firearm. They pretty much have every uh, model available. And it is as comfortable as it is secure at all times. Again, don't Go cheap. Don't go with junky brands when it comes to uh, holsters. A lot of people blow the wad on guns and ammo and forget you need a solid tactical gun belt as well as a holster. We the People sells both as well as some cool premium printed hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts. Every holster and gun belt come with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not perfect, send it back for a full refund. The URL is wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Get an additional $10 off with offer code CR. Again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Don't go without a secure holster for that perfect gun that you just purchased. All right. So, folks, again, you know, I, I mentioned this a little bit, but I didn't really delve into it because of all the COVID news and we didn't have time for this. But this was a pretty earth-shattering event, what, what occurred a couple of weeks ago when Hamas was attacking Israel and the Israeli military would defend themselves. I, I could read you endless articles. I'm going to read you this one from the Washington Free Beacon. This was, when was this? May 19th. 
A pro-Palestinian mob brutally beat up a group of Jewish men Wednesday at a restaurant in, in L.A. The day after a Palestinian youth movement-led protest was held in the city, and they talk about a day of rage. Now, that's something you usually hear in the Middle East, not in America. And that week, the Anti-Defamation League, which is a left-wing organization, by the way, total, total a bunch of grifters. So, but every once in a while, just like all these like studies with COVID, they'll actually put out information that disproves their entire existence. But the irony is missed on them. They talk about anti-Semitic attacks being on the rise. They report a four-decade high for anti-Semitic um, attacks over the last couple of years that they're growing. Um, but they never really identify where it's coming from. Where is it coming from? There's, there's a lot of, there's a rise in anti-Semitism in America. Well, I mean, is it coming from Catholics? Is it coming from white evangelical Christians? Is it coming from, I don't know, you know, anti-critical race theory, Tea Party type of groups? Is it coming from the Idaho, the greater Idaho movement? Is it coming from extreme far-right people like myself or Janice McGeehan? You know, these right-wingers. Where is it coming from? Well, it's coming from two sources. It's coming from the rise of BLM, and it's coming from a cumulative effect of now two generations of mass Islamic immigration where we have so much immigration from 30, 40 predominantly Muslim countries that rather than getting assimilation, you have the roots of the jihad on our soil. Then you have all the foreign influence with Turkey and Iran funding mosques in America that are spreading this poison. And now... You know, when I was a kid, I, I never even saw a Muslim. I didn't even know what a Muslim was. Now they're everywhere. And you wonder, hey, what's going on? Daniel, are you hating people? Are you a racist? I, none of us hate anyone. We're the ones who want to live harmoniously. You know, in my Jewish Bible, it doesn't say kill Muslims. Now, Muslims didn't exist then. But the point is, this is a one-sided battle. I can't help it that in their literature that they worship, they say they have to kill people like myself. And again, our special guest is going to talk about this and really delve into this. This is not the exception of Islam. This is the rule. So if you bring in roughly hundred to 150,000 Muslims a year on permanent visas and another 150, 170,000 on student visas, well, gee, it doesn't take a genius to realize that you're going to bring in the values and the sentiments of the Middle East. You go and poll, and every once in a while, Pew or some others will poll this. You poll their sentiments about Jews, and it's pretty nasty. You bring in one or two here and there, well, maybe they're coming to flee it, they assimilate. You bring in large numbers, what do you think you're going to get? You're going to get anti-Republican views. You're going to get totalitarian views. And with it is going to come the jihad. It is quite obvious. You know, this should send chills down your spine. This was from the UK Daily Mail, reported earlier this week, I think there are, or over the weekend. This is unbelievable. Again, when I was a kid, Northern Virginia, there was no such thing as Northern Virginia. It was like Virginia was a southern state. Now Fairfax County is may as well be Saudi Arabia. School board member encourages high schoolers to remember jihad as they enter a world of white supremacy and capitalism during graduation speech, 14 years after her father was fired for using the word. This is a school board member of Fairfax County, gave the commencement address at a high school. Abrar Omesh, the sole Muslim member of the Fairfax County School Board in Virginia, addressed the graduating students of Justice High School on June 7th. In English, she told them that the world sees the accolade, the diploma, the fruit of all your years, yet be reminded of the detail of your struggle. But when she repeated the speech in Arabic, she told students to remember their jihad, a word both meaning both struggle and specifically holy war waged on behalf of Islam. Her Libya-born father 
Esam Omesh, a surgeon, was forced to resign from the Virginia Commission on Immigration <laughs> in 2007 when video emerged from the year before showing him condemning Israel and advocating the jihad way. So what, what we don't understand is the Ilan Omar problem is not some sort of aberration. This is the sentiment that you have in these communities. Now, some might go secular and go away from it, and some, of the, some inevitably do, and they're good, decent people, and like anyone else. But the same thing we talk about with other parts of the world when we bring in large numbers from MS-13-laden El Salvador, if you bring in massive numbers, helter-skelter, well, you're going to bring in the problem. And it's the same thing here. And it's interesting how, you know, you would think if you get, like, very strict Islam, you would get at least, um, you know, anti-abortion, homosexual agenda. But no, what's interesting is they morph together with the cultural Marxism. So they actually help promote it, and that hence the Ilan Omers. And, and there's really a lot of them throughout the country now. And this is becoming the new thing. This is becoming the new thing. Support for Hamas. Hate America, hate white people, hate Jews. So we have enough of our own problems, but then we've imported this in large numbers. We committed suicide, the suicide of the West. The suicide of the West. And again, there's nobody that's really focusing on this. These refugee resettlements. Do you know how many of these people we brought in as refugees? Oh, because we were so nice. But in reality, there are a bunch of Islamic civil wars, and we bring in people from both sides of the war, Sunni and Shia. There were cases where, I've written articles on this before, we brought in Palestinians who's, who were affiliated with Fatah, terrorist organization that was Arafat, because they felt they were being persecuted by the other group, Hamas. And this is happening everywhere. So here we are in America now where Jews, if they walk around with, you know, the Muslims could walk around with their burqas, but if a Jew walks around with, you know, um, you know, yarmulke on his head, he's a target. But who is he a target from? Who are the perpetrators? It certainly is not coming from people associated with individualism and constitutionalism and the American right, evangelical Christians. We know exactly where it's coming from. It's coming from two directions. It's coming from the Farrakhan BLM sort of blacks, the same ones that are attacking Asians left and right. But it's also coming from the plethora of Islamists that we have let in, and now we have second generation already. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Why do you think college campuses have long been the beacon of anti-Semitism? Because given the number of student visas we have from the Islamic world, as well as China, by the way, but that's a different story, the universities became enclaves for the European dynamic much earlier. So let's say the anti-Semitism in colleges started in the 90s, but now it's, it's gone national. It's gone national. So we're going to bring in a special guest to talk about this today. But just a um, first, I want to get to our second sponsor for today, and then, then there's another article I want to read. Folks, what if I told you I could hook you up with the best estate planner in America to place a moat and a castle around your estate so government, collectors, and others cannot take from your hard earned money and take it away from your children or whoever inherits you? And also, he happens to be a patriot and listener of this program. Liberty Estate Plans makes possible ironclad estate protection for every American, affordable, and unlike any other estate plan you've ever heard of. They keep your estate private, out of reach for Medicaid. They avoid probate and give you control now and after you pass away. Each plan is customized for your unique situation. They don't just fill out stock forms. You'll, you'll pay a one-time fee. And then, done. You receive as much time as you need from him. Um, they have a state attorney on staff to work with you. They'll prepare everything for you, walk you through the whole process, um, and even be there to make changes, which are constantly happening in law. If you already have an estate plan, but you know, just want to make sure it does everything you can, 
Look, go to libertyestateplans.com and schedule your free consultation. Libertyestateplans.com. Tell them Daniel sent you. Give you they'll give you twenty percent off because um, it's run by Andre Ong. He is actually our Missouri team leader for Constitution Action Network. And if you're in Missouri, make sure you check him out. Join the Strike Force team. They actually just did their faculty training. And they are ready to go. We have a team in place to fight for Missouri. Really excited about by that. So again, go to libertyestateplans.com to protect your estate with a moat and a castle away from government and private collectors. Now, folks, I have on my desk here a really fat book, almost like an encyclopedia, entitled The Legacy of Islamic Anti-Semitism. It's written by none other than Dr. Andrew Bostom. Now, that name sounds familiar. A lot of you guys are probably thinking, hey, isn't that that academic medical researcher you have on all the time to talk about COVID? Well, that is true, but at his heart, he is a researcher. And, um, you know, if you've learned anything from following him on Twitter, which you should at Andrew Bostom, about COVID, he's very meticulous uh, with detail, historical context. Certainly, he's done a lot of that with COVID. But he's done the same thing with Islam, and actually, he was more notorious for his writings on Islam long before COVID ever came about, Um, but I've unfortunately never been involved with him. I'm so glad I've learned about a scholarship he's written. If you go to Amazon, you could find he's written about Iran's final solution for Israel, the legacy of jihad and Shiite Islamic hatred. Um, He's got the legacy of jihad, Islamic holy war, and fate of non-Muslims, the Mufti's Islamic Jew hatred, what the Nazis learned from the Muslim Pope, Sharia versus freedom, the legacy of Islamic totalitarianism. So now you could see why In this instance, based on our discussion earlier, I actually want to bring on this medical doctor um, because of the wealth of scholarship he's put into this. Now, he wrote a new forward or a preface to um, the Islamic, the legacy of Islamic anti-Semitism, if you want to get that um, where where you purchase books. Based on the last year or two that we've been seeing of this resurgence of anti-Semitism in the country, where is it coming from? Why is it happening with us is none un- none other than Andy Bostom. Thanks so much for do- joining us today, Doctor. Oh, thanks for having me on again, Dan. Well, you know, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but COVID kind of got in the way. And then obviously when we had this whole blow up in Gaza, and then suddenly we started having jihad squads hunt down Jews um, I mentioned earlier we had a school board member in Fairfax County, Virginia, get up there and call for a jihad at a commencement address at a Virginia high school. My question to you is this. In 1790, Representative Theodore Sedgwick from Massachusetts talked about immigration, and he said we would only want people who are of reputable and worthy character who are fit for the society into which they were blended. Now, on a micro level, that could potentially apply to anyone. But everyone understands that if you go and survey the 30, 40 main Islamic countries, their views towards Jews, their views towards women, their views towards freedom, it's not going to be a pretty sight. So if you import large numbers within a period of 20, 30 years, which we have done, aren't you going to import the ideology that they subscribe to over there to our shores. Isn't that what we've been doing the last number of years? Yes, and unfortunately, Dan, I, 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 think, I, think, that's, I think that's quite true. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, interesting that, uh, that, that, you should, that you should mention uh, uh, 1790, uh, an observation from 1790, because... Um, I live in Rhode Island, and the uh, the oldest um, the oldest synagogue in the in the United States uh, is 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 the is the synagogue in in, in Newport, uh, and in um, there's an, there's a letter there from from uh, from President George Washington uh, talking about uh, the the his 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 respect for the Jewish community. Uh, and the fact that they were welcome, and that and that they should be free of this kind of fear in the United States. Um, so, so it, it it is it is sort of it is sort of a, a, a bookend to to what you were saying. But, but yes, of, of course, 
one one of one of the things that that I review uh, in in the legacy of Islamic anti-Semitism, I did it I did it uh, in a cursory way in the in the first edition, but I do it in, in great detail in, in the in the updated preface. Is is simply review um, what are actually excellent survey data by the hard left uh, anti-defamation league. Um, they have been conducting surveys going back to 2000 to assess uh, globally and regionally uh, Muslim and, and anti-Semitic anti uh, anti attitudes across the world. And, and what they do, Dan, is they, they apply a, a standard series of questions which are all agreement or disagreement with, with anti-Semitic stereotypes. And they define a case as being uh, uh, extreme. In other words, they, they're really looking in this instrument for extreme anti-Semitism. If, if, the, if the respondent agrees with six out of 11 of these negative anti-Semitic stereotypes, they are a case of, 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 uh, of extreme anti-Semitism. And what these surveys show, uh, again, across the past 20 years, is that the incidence uh, or, or the prevalence, the occurrence of, of extreme anti-Semitism is absolutely disproportionate in, in Muslim societies, in Muslim diaspora populations, comparing Islam to other religions. Um, so just going through it very quickly, uh, in, the, in the more recent iteration of surveys from two, 2014 to 2017, the world's 16 most anti-Semitic countries are all in the Muslim uh, Middle East, where it's 74 to 93 percent of their population uh, have this degree of anti-Semitism. Again, extreme anti-Semitism. If you look worldwide, uh, uh, just just at, at, at Muslims versus uh, other uh, religious groups, uh, Christians, no religion, Hindu, Buddhist, etc., Muslims across the board have this prevalence at 49% of extreme anti-Semitism versus Christians, 24%, no religion, 21%, Hindu, 19%, Buddhist, 17%. Um, if you look across Western Europe, now moving into diaspora po populations, again, there's a two to 4.5 fold excess occurrence of Muslim anti-Semitism in Western Europe. Um, it's lower than what you would see. It, you know, it's not at the at the 93% rate that you would see in in Judea, Samaria, and Gaza, or 92% in in Iraq. Um, but it but it reaches pretty high numbers. Um, you know, 68%, for example, of the of the Muslims of Belgium uh, have have extreme anti-Semitism. Uh, and then even in the United States, which is much more philo-Semitic overall, um, the background rate in the United States is of of extreme anti-Semitism is probably what might be surprising to some people is as high as 14% of the population, which is actually low for the world. Um, it's, it's 34% already in, in, in U.S. Muslims as of several years ago. Um, and, and the more recent surveys going to, to 2019, all ADL did was, was look at extreme anti-Semitism, um, primarily in Europe. Again, it was in the Muslim diaspora populations in Europe, Belgium leading the way again. Uh, it was still uh, overall 49% uh, versus 19% overall, and and that's and that's in that's in Europe, which which has you know been historically was 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 quite had a had a very high rate of background anti-Semitism. It's 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 it, it's superseded now by by Muslim anti-Semitism, and so the question for me has has always been what what actually drives this, um, and you know I've come to the very sad conclusion. That it's, it's not poverty, is it? No, no. It's 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 being <laughs> it's being driven, unfortunately, Dan. And this is this is where the non-Muslim world has fallen down, particularly the Jewish community. It's 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 coming right out of the main teaching institutions of Islam, Sunni Islam, for example. The Vatican equivalent would be Al Azhar University, uh, Shiite Islam, uh, uh, and I'm not talking about the Khamenists or before them the Khomeinists. Shiite Islam centers in Qom uh, would would be the other would be, would be the other source and the major Muslim religious intellectuals uh, the late uh, Grand Imam of Al Azhar University Muhammad Syed Tantawi was the was the was the preeminent Quranic commentator uh, for for modern Sunni Islam his counterpart in the Shiite world was was um, was Tabatabai 
who after whom the major teaching university for religious studies in Iran is named is named uh, Tabatabai Alama Tabatabai University. He 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 wrote a magnum opus uh, Quranic commentary for for the Shiite world. And when you and when you go through their glosses, their interpretations on on unfortunately this myriad of verses in the Quran itself, which are very anti-Semitic, um, their glosses are as obscurantist as 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 anti-Semitic. Um, as as the glosses from the classical commentators uh, from from ancient Islam, it, it's as if it's as if time has stood still when you when you read these commentaries. Um, and, and and I think that's very important. You just mentioned for time with time. I want to give context to our audience. Um, your title again from sacred text to solemn history. Uh, you know they'll often point to well, there's stuff in the Bible that's kind of violent, but the but the issue is the proofs in the pudding with history. You don't find now any Jews or, or Christians uh, that have major bastions of of religious institutions and universities that are churning this stuff out to to kill you know other people or to commit violence against anyone. Where what you're saying is it's not just going through the verses in the Quran that are obviously full of stuff to um, you know dehumanize Jews and to kill non-believers, but it's also a matter of to this day almost every institution, their entire infrastructure, the Muslim Brotherhood funded mosques and the schools, they're churning this out and even in the diaspora. Yeah, it, it, and, and, it, and it's way beyond you know, um, what we can identify as jihadist organizations, whether whether they're a- actively violent or not, the Muslim Brotherhood, you know, we, 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 we know we know what they do, but they're not, you know, for example, ISIS. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, they're not they're not a Shiite uh, equivalent would be, you know, Hezbollah, armed terrorists. Um, you know, they, they 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 have affiliations with these groups. We know the ideology is is shared, but I'm not even talking about that, Dan. I'm talking about the mainstream academic teaching institutions. To me, this is the problem. And, and they've been allowed to get away with it, which is, which is the worst problem. Um, you know, no one ever challenged uh, it, the uh, 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 Tantawi when he, he died in, in, in 2010. Um, he wrote a vile 700-page uh, tract based on the worst anti-Semitic stereotypes in the Quran and the traditions, the, the so-called Hadith, that was actually his ticket to become the grand imam of Al-Azhar University. So, so uh, what, 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 I, what I found was that the, the commentaries by the major contemporary comment, commentators uh, are, just, are just rife with, with Jew hatred. Um, uh, he, here's, here's, here's an example um uh from from uh from the shiite uh perspective on a central uh anti-semitic verse from the quran which is quran 582 so the fifth surah the 80 the 82nd uh verse um this is tabatabai saying jews although they had uh the same alternatives as the christians and they could retain their religion yet they he's talking about the, the payment of the poll tax the jizya yet they continued in their haughtiness became harder in their bigotry and turned to double dealing and deception. They broke their covenants, eagerly awaited calamities to befall the Muslims and dealt to them the bitterest deal, the enmity of the Jews toward the divine religion Islam, and their sustained arrogance and bigotry have continued exactly in the same manner even after the prophet. These unchanged characteristics confirm what the Quran had indicated. So he's saying that these are, these are eternal characteristics you get you get exactly the same sort of gloss from the sunni perspective um from from uh from from tantawi who 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 was the grand imam of al-azhar university until 2010 and his and his and, and a major quranic commentator um even even a lesser figure he's, he's now the grand imam but he's not considered to be such a scholar uh, the current grand imam of al-azhar university gave a live interview uh dan uh, in 2013 um, and he and, and he went back to this verse. He says a verse in the Quran explains the Muslims' relations with the Jews. This is an historical perspective which has not changed to this day. See how we suffer from global Zionism and Judaism. He conflates them. Since the inception of Islam 1,400 years ago, we have been suffering from Jewish and Zionist interference in Muslim affairs. This is a cause of great distress for the Muslims. The Quran, he's citing 582 
said it, and history pr- has proven it. He quotes from the, from Quran 582. You shall find the strongest enmity among men uh, among men in uh, in it to be the Jews. It's an enemy enemy to the believers to be the Jews. I'm sorry, um, but but what I'm saying, Dan, is that so he he just just you know matter of factly gives this interview on television. And what is the reaction to the Jewish community, to religious, to, to religious leaders from other non-Muslim faiths? Nothing. Nothing. See, th- see to me, Dan, this is, this is the problem. These are, these are orthodox interpretations of Islam. We, as, as, as non-Muslims, as Jews, we may find them highly offensive, but, but they are what they are. The, the, the problem to me is not necessarily with, with the Muslims or their scholars. It's, it's, with the, it's with the lack of a reaction to, the, to this kind of invective. And, and, and imagine, imagine, I have no great, I have no love for, for Pope Francis. Um, you know, he's got other issues. He's a Marxist, etc. He would never say things like that, even if he believed it in his heart, which I don't think he does. But, but he would never say things like that. And if he dared to say anything like that, um, there would be instantaneous reaction across the world, particularly from Jewish leaders. There's silence. And that's what concerns me. That's what concerns me. When, when you go to the here and now and you see all this obsessive hatred in the streets hunting down Jews, it really took a lot of people by surprise. But wasn't this building for a long time in the sense that when you have all these mosques everywhere, again, I mean, a generation ago, I never heard of a mosque. I don't even know if I knew what the word was. I never saw a Muslim. Um, they're everywhere now. I'm like, okay, fine. But we don't know what goes on in these places. We see these sermons in the Middle East about, you know, killing the Jews and Jews are pigs and apes and whatever. But Andy, isn't this going on in some places in America? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely, Dan. You know, we, we had... We had this 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 paroxysm, this convulsion of violence, um, you know, after after the uh, you know Hamas basically launched its latest wave of jihad against Israel, and the Israelis responded. So we had 193 incidents, I believe, the ADL chronicled in in about a week, attacks on Jews uh, across the United States. Um, but but for me for me it's it, it, it's been simmering for a long time. Um, in the in the in the preface to the new edition of the book. Um, I went back over uh, post 9/11 that there had been uh, and 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 again in 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 um, sporadic uh, but but still there had there had been six uh, successful and 16 thwarted Muslim attacks targeting Jews after 9/11 uh, through the period of, uh, through the end of of, of 2019 um, the, the 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 quote unquote successful attacks uh, caused eight deaths and seven serious injuries. Um, and then there were, were all the thwarted attacks. And then right before the book went to press, there was this incident, which people may recall, of an, of an attack on the, on the Hasidic community uh, in upstate New York um, by what turned out to be a crazed man. But he was a Muslim convert, and, and his father acknowledged that in, in an interview, and he was clearly targeting Jews. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, this, this incident and it's, and it's, it's relationship, potential relationship to Islam were, 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 were really not explored, but, but it did fit this broader pattern. Um, and, and what you're referring to is now, I think going to become, unfortunately, uh, a, a recurring, uh, uh, event when there's, when there's, uh, you know, far beyond the battlegrounds of the Middle East, when there is an active, you know, conflagration going on. Uh, there's going to be repercussions for Jewish communities in the United States. I think I think that's that's something to be expected going forward. Exactly like Europe. And and there's a fascinating article I want to read to our audience here, January 4th, 2020, USA Today. And this is, I think, right after that attack you referenced in upstate New York. And you know, you know how the media always does this. They pick a thesis and write an article with that title, even though they have no evidence of that. And there's nothing, and, and even their own article doesn't uh, affirm their thesis. But they they have this article that small Jewish communities prepare for increasing anti-Semitic attacks. It's kind of funny, small Jewish communities, and they wrap it around well, they don't have the resources and backing to deal with it. But what they're trying to insinuate is that somehow the problem is in smaller communities, which is very interesting because typically in smaller places, you don't have a lot of BLM types, nor do you have a lot of Islamic immigrants or people like that. And then in their own article, they actually contradict that. And it's the most fascinating thing. 
they say, where is this? They quote this uh, Chabad rabbi who's in Bozeman, Montana, and they say he runs this local community there, and he moved, he, he's a native New Yorker who moved there, and he talks about the fact that uh, Rabbi Brock says it's only recently that he started to look over his shoulder and that hasn't happened in Montana, a reliably red state known for his staunch support for the Second Amendment. It happened in his native Brooklyn in New York City. And they go on to talk about all the attacks in New York City, which I found was interesting. So isn't it the fact that we're seeing it in certain specific locations that have a certain demographic? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it uh, but, but, but unfortunately, Dan, the, 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 uh, the, the fomenting of this hatred uh, could theoretically happen in small communities too, if, 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 if it goes on. I mean, what, what I found interesting was that uh, about two weeks before that, that attack by Grafton Thomas uh, in, in upstate New York, um, right, right during a, a regular uh, teaching session in Washington state, um, the Muhammad Joban, who was, who was the uh, e- imam, at at a at a uh, mosque in 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 a Seattle suburb in in Redmond, uh, West Virginia, and and he studied at at the at Sunni Islam's Vatican at Al Azhar University. Um, he was he was also the imam for the uh, for the Department of Corrections in Washington State, uh, and he so he teaches a regular Quranic interpretation at, at his local mosque. He he delivered a lecture, and and then they're turned to become apes. Which is which is these Quranic verses, which talk about as part of a punishment uh, that the, that the Jews are are trans, uh, transformed in, in, into apes, apes and pigs. These are specific Quranic verses in the seventh surah and and the fifth surah, um, and and he's extolling the 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 you know eternal you know virtue and validity of these verses. Um, in a very again nonchalant way, and 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 so when when it's not just Mohammed Morsi, you know that became an issue when when he was briefly uh, the Muslim Brotherhood president of Egypt, uh, you know repeatedly using that that invective. Um, it's you know in, in fact it traces back to Mohammed himself, who who before uh, orchestrating the massacre of the Jews of the Bana Karesa, uh, referred to them as as um, as as brothers of, of apes. Uh, and and or apes and pigs and and it's it's just what what I'm what I'm saying though is is that there there it's not just the religious and and sort of quasi historical context to, to these verses because um, anti-Semitic materials can be reinterpreted and expunged. It's what I object to, uh, Dan, is that they're being interpreted as if nothing has changed since the seventh century and since the repeated glosses on them. And they're being, they're being espoused by mainstream Islam and Islamic institutions. Exactly. Not just just the radicals, not just the radicals. Am am I correct that, see, the problem was we went off the rails with George W. Bush after 9-11. It was all, it was like Al-Qaeda or the extremists or these guys. But but the reality is that it's the opposite. The exception to the rule are, yeah, you can have an individual Muslim that's born a Muslim, doesn't really follow it so much, doesn't get so involved in it. He's more worried about other things, and he kind of moves moves away from it. But if you are going to really make Islam a part of your life the way a Jew would make Judaism part of the life, the way a Catholic would uh, Catholicism, the way an evangelical Protestant would do, you know, his religious services, the 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 text that he reads, the the church that he attends, the seminaries that he attends, he's not going to come out with more violence and hatred. If anything, in every other religion, they'll be even more peaceful than the average person. Whereas with these people, if they submerge themselves in Islam, what you're saying is this is all they're going to be exposed to. They don't even have a chance. Well, I, I, I again, I, I think I think that that it's being imposed from above, it comes from below. I mean, there, don't don't get me wrong. There are street preachers who are very bigoted as well, but 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 it's it's the institutions that have to be reformed. And I'm reminded of the process. You know, unfortunately, to really get it going, it, it, it took the Holocaust of 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 Nostra Aetate and Vatican II, where there there was in fact, and, and actually a prominent a prominent uh, uh, Jew, Jules Isaac, uh, 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 played played a role in this. 
to, to, he, he understood, and, and he was a French historian, um, and, he, and he was a decorated veteran at Verdun. So he had a lot of credibility uh, in, in France. But, but even before the war, there was this movement among, amongst, um, in Catholic circles, more philo-Semitic Catholic circles, to, to reform uh, some, some of the teachings. The, the text the text is 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 much more elusive but but it, it it had to be dealt with but but really it was the it was the interpretations it was it was the it was the new testament commentaries it was the teachings and and isaac got together with with uh very very thoughtful uh, uh catholic clerics uh, particularly after the war and, and he had experienced direct holocaust losses in his family after the war and again he but he had a lot of credibility and he but he had the courage to join with this this movement within catholicism itself and and had audiences with two popes and and there were changes i'm 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 old enough to see some of the changes in, in my lifetime it's it's an imperfect process but it is a mea culpa based process to to reinterpret uh, I don't even see the problem, Dan. Is I don't even see Jews asking for this process. I I, nope. I don't think they have nope. the courage and the understanding to, to 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 ask and in fact at this point demand the process. That is my fundamental problem with what's going on now, Dan. No, exactly, and that's what's very scary. They're almost encouraging it now. Now more and more, you're having these people run for office. Of as as Muslim institutions gain much more political clout than they did 20 years ago. Um, Ilan Omar, she's not an aberration, and I like what Pelosi said. A lot of conservatives were like, "How dare she?" You know compare Ilan Omar to other Muslims, but I actually agreed with Pelosi when she basically defended her in her mind by saying that, you know, it's kind of where she comes from. That's what they believe. And I was like, she's right. She's and that's exactly she's why. Absolute, she's absolutely right. But, yeah. but one, one other problem with Omar is that, yes, I, I, and, I, and I agree with people who are, have identified her, her actually her very hard sort of neo-Marxist tendencies as well. But, but I have followed her. And she plays both sides of the street. Uh, she, she, she. I don't know what her real, you know, where she comes from in terms of, of her, 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 uh, her true is, is Islamic belief and rootedness. But she is. Per- I will say this: she is perfectly willing to go back to sort of the orthodox uh, interpretation, including the very, you know, dark and bigoted interpretation, when when it suits her. I, I have seen her do this. I have seen her lecture uh, to, to Muslims. Where she's making the same sort of of bigoted, you know, invocations. Now, whether she mm. takes that to heart or not, she's certainly willing to exploit it. So, again, even in her case, where she can, you know, if you want to dismiss the Islam, you can just say she's a she's a radical leftist. I don't think that's true, and I think, unfortunately, conservatives, you know, who don't want to talk about Islam, will glom onto that and just refer to her as sort of a neo-Marxist. That's not true. She she's she's also marinated in this very toxic orthodox orthodox yeah. Islamic culture, whether she truly believes it or not. Dan. So that that's the final thing I wanted to discuss with you today: the nexus of Islamofascism and neo-Marxism. I'm trying to figure it out. So I mentioned earlier to my audience that I've noticed whenever you have these radical Islamists that get into power. Um, whether it's a media personality or, in this case, it was a school board official, someone like Ilan Omer. So they appear to be Orthodox Muslims in the sense that they're wearing the garb, they seem to be very into it, and you think, all right, so they're for jihad, but at the same time you think, okay, they'd be against abortion, the homosexual agenda, they wouldn't be into the feminism, but it's kind of bizarre. So they're wearing the burqa, but then they sound literally like you know, the, the biggest feminist white leftists at the same time. When what's what's this convergence of neo-Marxism with Islam? Well, it's it's really interesting to explore this historically. You know, it 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 um, the, the Marx himself was very interested in in sort of uh, uh, exploiting the the, um, the 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 jihad forces of his era, uh, particularly he saw uh, he, he he was sort of cheering on and, and writing admirably about the the uh, the waning Ottoman Empire because he saw that that would they possibly be able to foment enough chaos that 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 it would it would lead to the collapse of Russia um, and and it's interesting that his 
that his followers. So, so, so the the Islamic confession of faith is, you know, there there is no god other than Allah, and and Muhammad is his prophet. Literally, early Marxists, early post-Marxists, uh, put put as their profession of faith because communism is basically a secular religion. Was that um, there is no God, and Karl Marx is his prophet. Now, I, I thought that was a joke for a while, uh, you know, and, and, and it's interesting, uh, Bernard Lewis had, had referred to it in a 1950s essay as being a joke. He thought it came from a comic. He was actually mistaken. It was literally the creed in, in, in Marxist organizations in Europe and even in the United States, you know, in the late 19th, early 20th century, but but there are but 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 Lewis gave us great insights in this. I think the best thing he ever wrote, quite frankly, um, was was an essay about the, the nexus between Islam and communism, and he saw striking parallels. People before him had seen striking parallels in in in, in terms of the uh, totalitarianism and and the desire for 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 basically world domination. Uh, and 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 seeing the world as as divided uh, amongst believers and 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 unbelievers. Um, so I, I I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap uh, between uh, Islam and and and, and communism. Um, I know that there was a a brilliant book written by Jules Monroe who who was uh, who was a socialist and a communist and then became an ex-communist, and um, he he referred he referred to to um, to to uh, Marxism uh, at the time and, and its emergence in the in the early 20th century as the 20th century Islam, so th- mm. th- these connections have always been noticed. Um, typically, they're at odds with and, and exploiting each other's like Marxism and, and or, or communism and fascism, um, but but they can work together. Uh, yes. and and I think they are certainly doing. You know, there's a lot of evidence they're doing that in in our era. And, and, and just to bring that to the final frontier, which I think is uh, in a similar vein, what's the connection with BLM? I think a lot of us have noticed that this extra spark of violence against Jews in New York and L.A., it, it certainly there were clearly a lot of relatively recent Muslim Arab immigrants to the country at these Palestinian rallies. But it seemed to be a mixture of some black BLM folks and BLM on their website. This is the only foreign policy position they take, obviously, with supporting Hamas and that stuff. Where does that come from? I I think, well, BLM is a Marxist organization. So I, I, you know, the 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 Marxist uh, uh, jihadist connection, uh, certainly when it comes to Israel, uh, goes back, goes back um, at least to to the to the to the uh 1920s um and and the support for uh, for example the the um j- jihad terror against uh, uh hebron and the, and the pogrom uh you you can see some really vile uh cartoons that look like they're sturmer cartoons uh that were that were pro-arab uh in 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 the um in the in the yiddish communist uh newspapers of of, of that era um, and, and Whitaker Chambers even talks about it uh, in, in, in Witness, uh, that, that, uh, that there was just this obsession with creating a Soviet Arabistan. Um, so, uh, you know, they, 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 again, these, these, these toxic uh, trends really, really came together. So I, I, I think there's a, Marx was a, was a, was a, a vehement anti-Semite. I really, when you read his writings, it doesn't sound much different than, than Mein Kampf and his attitudes towards the Jews. So I, I think I think there are strains of anti-Semitism, you know, strains strains of totalitarianism that that really reinforce each other. Well, that's what we have. Whenever you have a civilization in cultural rock gut on decline, uh, you know, we have record inflation today. PPP, the 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 uh, producer price index was record high. Every trend in this country is bad. So anti-Semitism is just one more. But uh, you certainly gave us context as to where it's coming from. Um, you know, when we hear all this stuff of, oh, I'm just anti-Israel, not anti-Jew. Well, I think you've provided a seamless historical flow emanating directly from their texts onto the current interpreters and scholars and all their institutions, then no, I mean, this stuff predated the formation of Israel and any alleged grievances that they might have based on that. 
So this is certainly a much deeper thing than just the geopolitical issue of Israel and, you know, borders and things like that. Um, Dr. Boston, where could people find some of your work on this issue? Yeah, the the um, uh, certainly the the updated preface is available. You can even be downloaded uh, right at right at my website, uh, andrewbostom dot uh, org, uh, and uh, all, all my books are available uh, at at Amazon. Well, yeah, Amazon and I, you, I know you write for Front Page Magazine sometimes as well. You have a recent column there, Anti-Semitism by the Numbers. Go check it out. Dr. Boston, thanks for joining me again, and I guess next time we'll get back to COVID. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Bye-bye. So, folks, that was Dr. Andy Boston again, real scholar when it comes to Islamic stuff. Uh, it's pretty amazing to have a guy that is so well-rounded on so many issues so we were really excited about this for a while. And yeah, I mean, this is a big problem. I just want to note, we're almost out of time, but one of the points he made is that these liberal organizations, including the Jewish organizations, refuse, refuse to go after this degree of Islamic anti-Semitism. It's very interesting. You'll have some obscure guy in some far-flung place that claims to be a white supremacist and they'll obsess about it, yet BLM and Islam have so much political power and their anti-Semitism is not just more prevalent, but more severe and more impactful, and yet it's a complete blackout. And I think the real reason is because it's rooted in this racial warfare, this anti-white racial warfare, the war on whites, and it's so obvious to anyone who wants to pay attention that basically they view them as, quote, people of color. So their hatred towards others is okay. Well, meanwhile, they project hatred on others. I mean, we saw this. It was an AP article yesterday, and I'm surprised they actually reported it because there's so much more of this. This guy, Justin Tyron Roberts in Columbus, Georgia, he went on a shooting spree, shooting five people in Alabama and Georgia, and he told detectives that, he, he was targeting white males because they took so much from him throughout his life. Imagine if the shoe were on the other foot. And this happens so, so often. So this is a huge problem. Tomorrow we are going to get back to regular programming, um, but I felt today was important just to take a little break from some other stuff we were working on because this is so fundamental. It touches on the values issues, the security issue, immigration and this is really why our country is irremediably broken. When you already have Islamic institutions that have permeated everything, we need to start from the reddest of states and make them red again. That's what Constitution Action is all about. Go to constitutionaction.com. Sign up to be a leader. If you don't want to be a leader, at least sign up to be a member. Um, we're getting more and more groups together by state. And this is one of the things we're going to have to do. We're going to have to root this out of our government, our education system. No state government should be doing any business or have any uh, contracting with these anti-Semitic Islamic groups, anti-white, anti-American. In addition, tomorrow we're going to have on Don Huffines, the guy who is challenging, or one of the candidates now challenging uh, Greg Abbott. Obviously, my colleague Chad Prather is another one. I, I plan on having him on at some point, too. This is not going to be an endorsement. Um, I'm just unendorsing Greg Abbott. But there, there is a runoff, so it doesn't matter so much who you vote for um, the first round. The, the, I mean, the key is just to make sure we, we have someone good for the runoff. Uh, so that is going to be very important. Let me know if you have any questions for him. I will start to get into some of the candidate stuff uh, other states as well. I know some candidates have reached out to me. It is hard to spend time on, on enough candidates to really make a difference, but we will try. And this is going to be part of our Constitution Action groups to try to groom candidates for governor, for attorney general, for state legislator, county council, sheriff, county prosecutor, county judge, you name it. This is where the battle is going to be won or lost. Folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. 